Thank you. Stephanie is at the back. For those of you with children who would like to meet her back there for your Bible bags. All the rest of us, we're going to take our Bibles and turn once more to Genesis chapter 32. We're going to start with the 22nd verse. As we're spending most of the summer in Genesis, we'll be moving into Exodus soon. As we continue this story of the early examples of faith and what it is to walk with God and how God walks with each one of us. Genesis 32:22 in just a moment. Back when Cheryl and I uh, were in seminary, Cheryl worked in a, a Christian bookstore. And she had a woman there who was actually uh, younger than she was that both of us uh, admired for her quietness and her serenity and her kindness. And we both thought that she was like a saint. And being rather normal ourselves, we uh, uh, compared ourselves with her kind of spiritual expression, and we find ourselves to be uh, wholly wanting, and in fact, uh, rather insecure that we were the ones heading into ministry, and she was uh, such a spiritual person. But over time, as we got to know more about personality, and ourselves, and ministry, and the types of personality we have, and As we delved into and really studied the examples of the role models of faith, we came to realize that uh, what we were seeing in her was, of course, a wonderful Christian woman, but it was more a personality type than a saint. Because the truth is, saints, and that's what all the people of God are, that's what the Bible calls us, is saints, Saints come in all sizes and in all shapes, all personalities, all kinds of cultures and giftings and struggles and families and on and on. Uh, There is more variety uh, to the description of what it looks like to be a Christian uh, than you might at first think. One scholar suggested that today in our lectionary series should be called Demanding Believer Sunday. It's a day celebrating all of us who do not go quietly into that good night, but are often not demure and not quiet about our faith. We often actively and continually wrestle with God, and we're continually struggling with who we are and what we believe and why. It's a celebrating day in which people grab hold of God and will not let go. Uh, Whatever their questions and whatever their thoughts, they're going to wrestle God to the finish of this a journey of faith and discover, in fact, who they are. And most of us who have gone through that journey come out with, in fact, a spiritual and sometimes physical limp to the way that we walk. The event that we're about to read occurs when Jacob now is returning. We talk about his, his experience in the other culture of Haran, in which he was with his uncle Laban. Well, now he's about 28 years later down the road, and he's returning home, and he's going back to the land of Canaan, the land of promise, for his grandfather and and great-grandfather who never made it there. He's come to the stream of Jabbok. He sends everyone over, and he remains. It's as though, the scriptures don't say it, but it's it's as though he's afraid to, to go home, to cross over, to continue the journey. And in that night of aloneness, he has an encounter with God. He calls the place Penuel. 
I saw God face to face. I saw God's face. We could translate it, in fact, having a face-off with God, a wrestling with God, a facing God rather than turning his back and running from God. But whatever way you want to translate that word, pinoel, it's an encounter. It's a moment where Jacob is never the same. In fact, he's so much different that God gives him a new name, Israel, the one who wrestles with the great creator and the great God. So we're going to pick up the story at that moment. We're going to look at this uh, wrestling experience that we often have uh, with this God of the universe. So Genesis chapter 32, and we're going to go start at verse 22 through 31. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed the fort of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Pinaeel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my, faith, my life was spared. Now the sun rose above him as he passed Pinaeel, and he was limping because of his hip. Now keep that open before you. Let's pray. Father, each of us are on this journey toward our home. And there are many different streams and moments where we're fearful and not sure we're welcome and we're afraid of what we might find and we're not sure that you're with us and we're just in those dark moments of the soul. And we know that it's most often in those dark moments that we have profound encounter, an encounter that helps us to know and be known by you. These sacramental moments are thin places, places where you promise to meet with us, where you promise to come face to face, where the physical and spiritual communion of the bread and the cup is in fact an encounter. I would ask that you be with each of us as we prepare our hearts for that encounter. And I would ask that you would meet us, each one in our unique and, and personal place. And we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray all things. Amen. One of my seminary professors, who was also a Free Methodist elder, used to say to us, Trust no one who does not walk with a spiritual limp. Now, over time, I found that that's not always true. Not everybody has those same kinds of encounters in such a dramatic way. But it does seem that most of us come to a moment of brokenness 
where our struggle is to the point of pain and we encounter God in that moment both in understanding who we are and what our name means and what we've been as defined by that past and what God has for us as we humble ourselves and walk in that spiritual limp with Him. That brokenness is actually a necessary moment if we are going to find our way home for most of us. For me personally, I love fast motorcycles, I love fast cars, I like to win if we're going to play a game. I can easily become angry and I can easily become self-absorbed. I would never be by any stretch of imagination from my own personal personality, my natural tendencies, a person that anyone would call a saint. But in a moment of great struggle in my own life, where my will came against God's will, and where my ways came against God's ways, where my reactions were not His wisdom, I experienced a brokenness in my life that forever changed me. And that brokenness brought about a humility in the way I walk with God. That to know Him face to face and to really be with God requires that I set aside all those things that I demand God to be and wrestle with Him in those parts of me that don't want to do that. That in fact want God to be on my team rather than me to be on His. And it's in those moments, and they're not just one for my life. I think some people have one dramatic experience. We've also seen and we will see that Israel has many experiences, as do his children and the, the midst of that. But in my life, I thank God that he met me on my shore of Jabbok, and he wrestled with me. And it's that experience of God in which we begin to understand in some extent that we belong to God and that we're His for a purpose that's far beyond ourselves. And that when we find that purpose and we find that humility and we find that surrender, when we find that forgiveness, that we can, in fact, experience a full and new and different life. Now that reality is something, of course, that we want to look at in each of our lives. Not everyone wrestles with God and humans. Some have personalities that are much uh, easier to walk the Christian walk. But I found the vast majority are more like Jacob, more like Peter, than they are like John or this friend that Cheryl worked with. So as we prepare to humble ourselves and receive the healing that comes from the sacrament, and from this encounter with the one who is truly saint, who takes our brokenness upon him, so that we might be healed in this spiritual walk. Let's remind us of the lessons that we gain here from this encounter with Jacob and God. Jacob would not let go of God. Whatever happens, do not let go of God. Jacob asked for God's blessing. Whatever we've done, for him, deception, for us it might be something different. 
immorality, anger, carelessness, whatever happens as we attempt to return home, ask for God's blessing, for his forgiveness, for his new beginning, for a new start. That's what he wants to give to us. So don't let go and ask for his blessing. And Jacob asked to know the name of God. He wanted to be on a first-name basis with this one that he, with whom he was face-to-face. He wanted to know God and be known by God because he knew this wouldn't be the last wrestling match that he has with God, that it's going to be an ongoing experience because of his personality and the way that he is as an individual. So he wanted to know and be known by God. Now that's the God we're meeting with today. That's the God of the sacrament. Wesley, who began the whole Methodist movement, said the sacrament is a great mystery. We don't understand in what way the physical bread and the cup become the body and blood of Christ and how this great moment, sacred moment, the sacrament, is an encounter, but we know it is an encounter because God promised to meet us there. It's the time when we enter into this thin place where heaven and earth come together in one. And it's a place where, in fact, God wants to do a work within me and within you. This is our time with God. Now, the sacrament then is open to all. This isn't about religion. It's not about denominations. It's not about membership. It's not about any of the human things that so often limit us from our encounters with God. This is about a real encounter with God, a wrestling with Him. So in this moment, bring your real thoughts, your fears. Bring whatever disappointments that you have. Bring whatever sins that need to be forgiven. These words that we're about to say are thousand years old. They are words of great invitation and great sacramental meaning. Let the words, as you say them, be said with honesty, with humility, with surrender, with a spiritual limp, with awareness that God is the God who blesses you and wants to lift you from the altar of the sacrament with a renewed and restored heart and a healed heart and mind and soul. So if you want